Welcome to the Jaren Out Loud podcast. My name is Jaren, and I'm here to introduce you to you through strength, that you may learn to define it for yourself, discover joy in its pursuit, and develop the courage to live it out loud. I hope you enjoy the show. From who is to out loud. I talk a lot. I learned very early on how to talk without saying too much. To hide in the depths, blending into my surroundings, relying on vigilant shape-shifting for survival. Hidden in plain sight. I've endured the discomfort of having parts of my identity severed over and over again, just as I have had to learn patience, resilience, and confidence while they regenerated and grew back stronger. Through healing, I've come to embrace my new nature. In some ways, it feels like a return to my original way of being rather than the start of a new one. An honoring of my true identity that I only uncovered when I finally set down the one I had created to protect myself from the things I didn't know were there. I didn't know that my true nature is resilient, independent, strong, and defiant. That I am strong and grounded, yet fluid in shape, movement, and direction. That I can choose when I come out into the open and when I when to wait patiently. That I'm highly intuitive and emotional, charismatic and complex, with an undercurrent of creativity, strategy, emotion, and passion. Kind of like an octopus. Before I continue, I feel that it's only fair that I begin with some context to help explain why I talk so much, what I talk about, and to give you the chance to turn back before things get weird. For me, when someone is talking, there's often a voice in my head going, why should I be listening to you right now? While this may make me an asshole, TBD, I simply prefer and appreciate context. I understand the world through patterns, and I like to know where information fits before I begin intake. If you make me curious, you will get my full attention. Tempering this and learning that I can learn from everyone, everything, and everywhere by their words, example, or lack thereof, has taken years of practice and forced humility. So, out of courtesy for your time and as a show of grace for my own shadow, here's what I consider to be enough background information for you to determine whether or not my words will be worth the exchange of your time going forward. Sort of like speed dating, just slow and with a guarantee that it's not going to go much further than this mostly one-sided conversation. I hope you have fun and learn something about yourself, and if not, you'll have fun and learn something about me. Either way, I'm great at talking to myself, and I'll be just fine over here should you choose to get off at the next stop. (sighs) Big breath in and out. I am rebelliously inquisitive and fascinated by the ethereal as the scientific. The more conceptual or taboo a subject, the more I want to understand it. My high tolerance for ambiguity and risk allows me to dance with the out there or offensive topics. I, however, enjoy spending my time in the ether, wrestling with the conceptual until it's tangible and useful for myself and others. I did this with my Legos as a kid and my worldview, business, and training as an adult. I think it comes from growing up being told not to ask, try, or talk about so many things. I have spent a lot of time being shushed, and I don't really care for that too much. Defy challenge. Define for myself. Develop skills. Deploy my new expression of self. Doing this is the point for me in what I practice, create, and share. Years of congregational PTSD, dancing the line between empath and psychopath, and fascination with studying things that were supposed to damn me to hell, has allotted me with a visceral and tumultuous spiritual experience. 
I now practice my faith like a doctor practices medicine through what I consider my personal spiritual disciplines, training, meditation, breathwork, nutrition, prayer, fasting, contemplation. These disciplines became my path to self-discovery and learning to see God in everything and everyone. God doesn't exist. God is existence. God is connection. God is love. We don't search for God. We uncover God when we search for ourselves. We connect with God by connecting with ourselves, and that connection takes time and effort like any other relationship. I believe this is the reason we as a society hate even the concept of God so much. You know, besides the judgmental, political, constantly offended, trying to boss everyone around marketing team. Is that we're afraid of getting to know ourselves, and we like to believe we're in control. I believe our society is lost not because we are so sinful that God must be really pissed off, but because we don't make much sense without the contrast to something greater and an understanding of collective consciousness. Think of it this way. Just as we cannot look into our own eye without a mirror, stick with me here, bite our own teeth or taste your own tongue so we cannot define ourselves in absence of another. I am me because you are you. In that same way, we cannot see God when we look out into the world until we can see God's creativity and care acting inside of us first, then in the world around us. If we're afraid to look, then we will never see our true self. If fear casts out love and God is love, then fearful eyes will never see what they refuse to look at. I think of God like when you walk into a room where someone farted, but you know exactly who it was by the smell. God's like that. I know the smell of God's farts from the time we've spent together, and I can smell his farts everywhere I go in life. So my current worldview now is very simple. See yourself to see God. Love yourself to love God. Heal and foster a relationship with yourself to heal and foster a relationship with God. As you discover your own unique identity and how these relationships grow, you become more like God, and you begin to see God's creativity, structure, and love acting in everyone and everything around you. This new lens changes the way you experience life and influence everyone around you. It changes your patterns of being and doing, thus changing the reality you manifest from subconscious patterns of belief and behavior. I think if the conversation about God spoke more to expansion and connection than retribution and restitution, more people like to, would like to get to know the guy. So while God and I are homies, I do not participate in any church or religious affiliation. My distaste for large establishments is universal, and I don't want to be guilty by association. I'll continue to explore these things here on this show. I've worked in the fitness industry for the last 15 plus years, the last eight of which as a powerlifting coach, nutrition coach, and gym owner. I've coached hundreds of people from all walks of life, from elite powerlifters and ultra marathon runners to everyday clients from all walks of life looking to look, feel, and move better. I've studied under and learned directly from some of the strongest people in the world and the smartest minds in the industry, many of which have personally visited my gym and events over the years. I have lived, studied, practiced, tested, failed, overcome, and embraced the process of training for competitive athletics and taught it to others in one way or another for my entire adult life. I was homeschooled from first to ninth grade completed 10th through 12th grade at community college and graduated summa cum laude from Portland State with a bachelor's in communication with an emphasis in small group and interpersonal communication, sociology, psychology, persuasion, media and culture, and writing. People who work for other people care. Growing up outside of the education system and spending my life not needing a degree to get a good job, 
after having already been pressured into getting one, gives me a unique perspective on and passion for teaching and learning, not education. Logic and reasoning, and being allowed to build a life by following one's creative interests rather than following the social norm. I once overslept after pulling an all-nighter and missed the shuttle to school, so I used my remaining $7 for gas because I needed to drive downtown to deliver a final presentation for the food bank. Ironically, I was going hungry at the time. In order to graduate, gas meant no money for the meter. No meter money meant a parking ticket, oddly requiring money. No parking ticket, no diploma. They never received a student loan payment and can't repo my education, so I feel we're even. I have a beautiful, loud, creative, and loving family. Not the one I was born into. That is what clinicians may refer to as a shit show, but the one I was able to choose. We're all a little weird, but together we live an ordinary life in an extraordinary yet simple way. Much of my growth has come through loving them and learning how to best embody the roles I've been given in their lives. My capacity for love, faith, courage, leadership, and being farted on have all expanded from our life together. You'll hear about each of them as I share my lessons and stories. Per my previous paragraph, my family of origin is messy. I don't have a relationship intentionally with any of my biological family members. It's been this way since my early 20s and before, and these relationships have set the stage for the mental, emotional, and behavioral patterns I would much later learn to heal from. My feminine and masculine energies were damaged from years of emotional and verbal abuse. Malignant narcissism, abandonment, feeling inadequate, being incapable of feeling or expressing love, enmeshment, and isolation from healthy, loving relationships. It has taken me my entire adult life to redefine healthy relationships, my own masculinity and self-worth, and fatherhood because of the examples and absences of my family. It took me years to learn to forgive them, years to understand that they were simply doing the best to escape their own cycles of abuse and abandonment. Years to identify how the abuse patterns from my childhood had crept into all of my relationships as an adult. And years to recognize that while I can forgive and let go, it doesn't mean that I am obligated to maintain an open door to receive more abuse. That I can set a boundary without erecting a wall. Needless to say, I've also learned some things about family patterns, abuse, abandonment, depersonalization, depression, disassociation, anxiety, enmeshment, codependency, and emasculation. I carried most of these patterns into my previous marriage, which lasted about 10 years. I'm thankful for the person I have become through the life and death of that relationship. It taught me that subconscious patterns stick around if they aren't faced and felt. That despite your best efforts to engineer a new life in response to the old one, you simply enact the same play with a different cast. These lessons have helped me become the man I need to become in order to love and lead my family. So I've also learned some things about marriage, parenting, and relationships. I've almost died a few times. The first time was when I was a baby. I was born with a cyst in my brain. Because of where it is, the doctors were unable to remove it, so I underwent emergency surgery when I was nine months old to install a shunt that drains the cystic fluid, preventing a gradual increase in pressure on my brain that would otherwise kill me. I remember being told, you're lucky, you could have been a vegetable. I had the shunt revised when I was 16 to update some faulty hardware, which also almost killed me. I've almost died a couple times from asthma and was in and out of the hospital several times a year throughout childhood. Fear was a regular part of my life growing up. I learned to fear anything that might hit me in the head, that I might be allergic to, or that might trigger an asthma attack. 
I despise being told what to do and cannot do. So I have learned some or a lot of things about health and resilience. Because of my natural distaste for doctors and labels, I will likely never pursue an actual diagnosis. But I also have some kind of a sensory processing disorder. I'm aware of almost every sensation in my body all of the time. I feel my hair growing, the position of my bones, the presence and location of every point of muscular tension, my breathing, eye movement, weight distribution in my feet, how my clothes touch my skin all of the time. I really wish I could shut it off sometimes. It can get so annoying like a rock stuck in your shoe that it can be draining mentally and emotionally. I'm so sensitive to these things that I can even identify my mood based on my posture. I used to have major issues with crowds, loud environments, and other people's energy. Even powerlifting, a highly neural pursuit, which I love, presents challenges because my body doesn't readily mitigate muscular tension, hindering my recovery. All of this has proved to be a double-edged sword, requiring a unique programming approach that has allowed me to build strength and resilience while also supporting healthy recovery. Life experience and self-diagnosis have led me as far as sensory defensive disorder, and a conspicuous number of people close to me have told me, dude, you know you're on the spectrum, right? Enough times for me to finally take them seriously. Looking back, I'm not sure how I didn't see it, and I'm amazed at how much it explains my experiences, abilities, and outlook. I don't really want or need a label, but this framework has helped me understand a lot about myself, and most importantly, how I relate to my son, who is also on the spectrum. Being highly sensitive and having spent nearly two decades intentionally training proprioception, sensory feedback from outside the body, interoception, sensory feedback from inside the body, and loaded movement, I've turned my sensory disorder into a skill. I have the ability to very specifically feel my body when I do things, as well as communicate it to others in a way that makes sense and helps them develop that same skill. This made me very effective as a coach and now contributes heavily to my uniquely sensory biased understanding of strength training and movement programs. It influences every aspect of my own training, cause it to be as much a creative outlet as it is an ongoing science experiment, physical pursuit, and spiritual discipline for me. I've gained and lost 50 to 80 pounds around eight times in my life, which has given me a keen understanding of the underlying emotions and traumas that cause weight gain and loss body dysmorphia, and subsequent obsession with or rejection of physicality, all the hallmarks of a modern fitness enthusiast. These issues have led me to spend my life studying and pursuing competitive bodybuilding and powerlifting. I have spent the past 19 years of training learning how to improve, teach, and integrate both disciplines into my movement practice. I learned more about how the body works from feeling and healing trauma than from a decade that preceded, that, that preceded it. I now speak with a high level of technical and practical knowledge of strength training, nutrition, and health. I'm racial. Technically, my dad is from Trinidad, with French and Scottish in for good measure, and my mom's very white people are from Norway, Sweden, and Finland. I find conversations about race boring and unproductive, so you won't hear me talk about it much here, but growing up ambiguously brown and without any place to fit in culturally has given me a unique perspective on race and culture, as well as a loose-lipped sense of humor. Turn back if you think I support BLM. I spent time in jail for a DUI when I was 19, during which time I ended up serving as the race leader for the skinheads and KKK in my segregated, no blacks, cell block. I lied and said I was half Portuguese to get it, avoid getting my ass kicked or being sent to a different tank. Booking and transport took 18 hours, either on an aluminum bench, the concrete floor, or in chains on the bus, and I really wanted to eat and sleep. 
I've been an entrepreneur since I was 10 years old. First, I sold chili peppers to the neighborhood landscapers. Mexicans, I'll say it. Then I went door to door selling drawings of hippos. I think I got a learn to draw animals book as a gift and went straight into hustle mode before learning how to draw anything else. Then came mowing lawns. See, the damn Mexican joke is already coming back to get me. Spiffy Detailing was the first business I learned to build online. Created a blog, was a contributing author for several articles, and worked forums all through high school, essentially catfishing people into becoming my customers. Some were less than excited about finding out I was 16, and building a following until I was sponsoring car events and making some decent side money that I spent racing remote-controlled cars. This was far less impressive to girls and generally a bad investment, I would later learn. I worked for 24-Hour Fitness from 18 to 22, with successful time spent in sales, service, and training before opening my first personal training business, Synthesis Body Imaging, when I was 22. I taught myself web design, graphic design, SEO, video production, and online marketing to grow that business. Savage Strength Conditioning, later Savage Barbell Club, was where most people will know me from. My first brick-and-mortar business, a powerlifting gym, which I operated from 2012 to 2020. I co-founded Cynical TV, a vitality education company with my good friend, former client, and business partner, Anisha. We have been to hell and back together, the likes of which will never make it to the internet, and possess a combination of insanity, brilliance, determination, faith, and risk tolerance I hope no one else needs to experience. Cynical TV reflects our belief that optimal health requires the strength and alignment of our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and social aspects of self. It is the culmination of our combined life experiences, passions, curiosities, and callings. The expression of the lessons we have learned and the knowledge we have acquired assembled in a way that is uniquely ours. Needless to say, I've learned some things about business, marketing, behavior, and influence. So basically, I change a lot. I have walked several paths and lived many stories in my 35 trips around the sun. I've lost and regrown a lot of tentacles. I've had to trade the safety of blending in for the beauty and adventure of standing out. Like an octopus, my growth manifests, manifests externally through my creative expression. This is why I've always been fascinated by myself. It's why my email address, screen name, and online persona for the last 20 years was who is Jaren? The question that has driven me since I first opened the email account. It was just earlier in 2020 that I realized it no longer fit and left it behind to embrace Jaren out loud. With it, my colors also changed from primary and monochromatic to vibrant and expressive. The fear, anxiety, and depression were traded for courage, peace, and joy. The transition from who is Jaren to Jaren out loud is an illustration of the ways in which I have lost and regrown a tentacle, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and socially. It is the way in which I absorb the patterns and energies around me, the questions driving my curiosities, lifting, life, love, learning, leadership. It is a statement of the ways I remain grounded, creative, and strategic. The heartbeat of my creation, Cynical TV, Ether Training Log, and my writing and speaking projects. I am the question that began with one email address and resolved with another, and this is the place where I explore create and share the lessons on my path the way that I know best out loud. 
thank you for listening to the Jaren Out Loud podcast. For more of my content, including Ether training log, written blog posts, and more, be sure to visit jarenoutloud.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where you can have the latest updates and content delivered right to your inbox. I promise not to be annoying about it. This episode is brought to you by Cynical TV, Vitality Education On Demand. There, Anisha and I teach you to defy the status quo, define vitality for yourself, develop the skills and capacities to build a life of vitality on your own, and deploy the fullness of who you were meant to be into your families, communities, and your own life. Enjoy a free one-week trial as well as half off your first month by using promo code OUTLOUD.